0: Mama. This is Kiara, and welcome to the Raising These Babies podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. Raising These Babies is all about empowering single moms with information, inspiration, and motivation. It's where we share our stories, tips, and resources to help each other on this single mom journey, no matter where we are. If you're new here, welcome. If you're an old friend, welcome back. I hope you find a safe space here, mama. Ready? Let's get into today's episode. Hey mama, it's Kiara aka Mav Mama, and welcome to the third episode of the Raising These Babies podcast. Today we get to talk about something that I'm super passionate about, right? Especially when it comes to empowering single moms. But before I get into the segment, I want to open up with this. Mama, you are the leader of a complete family. I'm gonna say that again. Single mama, you are are the leader of a complete family. That means you are called and appointed to receive, cast, and build the vision for both you and your little ones. Now, society is gonna tell you that as a single mama, you are damaged goods, you are defective, you are broken, you are incomplete, you are not whole, or whatever other minimizing words they have for us, right? And although there may be parts of you that need healing, you are not incomplete. There may be parts of you in transition and that transition looks messy, but you are not damaged goods. You hear what I'm saying to you? You are not an incomplete creation and your family is not an incomplete unit simply because you are not part of what society deems as a traditional or nucleus family. In fact, as a single mama who is the leader of her family, here are the things you actually are. You are a visionary. You are the compass of your family. You are a thermostat for your family. You are an assessment specialist. I like that one. You are the front runner. You are the first line of defense and you are the pacemaker for your family. I'm gonna run that back for you. You are the visionary for your family. That means you are the receiver, the receptacle of the vision for your family. Pardon me. At the top of the year, every year, usually actually before the top of the year of every year, like at the end of the, pre, the the year, the end of one year going into the beginning of another, I pray and ask the Lord where he wants my family to be by December 31st of the, of the coming year. And then I sit and wait for him to give me vision. And then once he gives me that vision, it is now my job as the leader of my family to pray for the resources, to get the to, to to figure out the tools, to educate, to empower, to do whatever it takes to get my family to where God showed me they need to be on December the 31st of the coming year. And the same is for you, mama. As the visionary, you receive the vision for not just your children, but yourself as well. Because I just don't believe that God would give you a vision, and that vision is only for your children. Your end all be all isn't in being a single mom. The the, the end of your purpose is not in you being a mom. And though being a mom is noble and amazing work, God has purpose for you as well. And if you sit and listen, he will give, he will unpack the purpose for you as well as for the children, because I just don't believe in my heart that when you became a mama, God said, okay, everything I ordained for you before the foundation of the world no longer exists. And now you operate in this new role as a mama, and that's the only thing you have to do. Mm Mm-mm. It may not be, you may not have this big, ginormous, grandiose thing to do, but your purpose doesn't end at you being a mama. You are the compass for your family. That means that once he gives you the vision, the comp, what a compass does, if you know what a compass is, which most people do, but if you know what a compass is, it tells you the direction that you need to go. So as you're walking, for those of us who are hikers, not me, that ain't my ministry yet. For those of us who are hikers though, the compass tells you which way, it, it, it directs you which, in which way you're supposed to go. Now here's the thing, when you get the vision, you know where you're supposed to be and usually you have the strategy to get to where you need to be. But here's what happens when, when you get that vision. Now you chart the course according to the vision you've received so that you know what you need to be doing by by March, where you need to be by um, June, where you need to be by November, what what your year should be looking like come, come Christmas time. You are the compass and you tell, you're navigating the family on how to do the things because you're appointed for that. You're anointed for that. You're ordained to do that, mama. I don't know if you realize that you are ordained the same way preachers are ordained to preach and prophets are ordained to prophesy you are ordained to be a mom like it's a calling a high calling do you understand me and so you are the visionary you are the compass you are the thermostat listen thermostats I love in my house the thermostat is set to 74 degrees anything higher is ungodly don't argue with me about about that, guys, because I don't do hot, right? I, I don't do hot. I'm from New York originally. I don't do super hot, unnecessary weather unless I'm near a pool and can jump in that thing. The sen- the senior saints, you know, <laughs> they like to keep their thermostats at like, you know, 80 or 79 or 82 even, which I th- 82 is heat. That ain't even a throw Anyway. But in my house, the thermostat is at 74, and anything above that is not okay. 72 is cool. 70 is a little chilly, but 74 is ideal. I set the temperature to 74 because my body does not do well when it gets super hot. I get itchy. I get red. I get very uncomfortable. My skin starts feeling these prickly things. And so the temperature in my house is not, but it's not only set for me. It's set for the comfortability of everyone else in my house. And so even though I like it at maybe 72, the house as a whole operates well when the temperature is at 74 degrees what is the thermostat for your household and i don't mean naturally i mean spiritually i mean physically i mean emotionally what is the thermostat set to as the as the mom as the parent as the leader of your family figure out what temperature your family needs in order to thrive well as they get from one point of the year to the final point of the year what's the temperature your family needs in order to thrive to move with with ease and with movement with the least amount of resistance or trouble what does the thermostat need to be set to your family? Because mama, you are the thermostat. You set the temperature. That means if the family is 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 excelling, it's because you are have set the temperature to excellence in your own mind, in your own heart, in your own life. If the family is frustrated or angry, mama, you have the power to recalibrate that. You have the power. And every time something changes the temperature in your family, you have the power to recalibrate that temperature. You know, when when, when you have a thermostat in your house, and I'm gonna drive this point home, The thermostat in your house. Right. So let's say it's set like at my house to 74 and then five people come in and five people whose body temperature is naturally 98.6 degrees. Enter your home. Well, your home sees that the temperature is different and now it has to has to kick on because it's because the entrance of these new people is changing the temperature of the home. And it has to it has to turn on the AC to readjust so that it the, the house stays at 74 degrees because those five bodies are going to raise the temperature in your house and change what has already been set in place. Mama, single mama, that is your job as well. Not in a negative way, not in an overbearing way, not even in a nasty way. When something comes into the family or something enters into the space of the family, be it mentally, be it spiritually, be it emotionally, and it changes the temperature of the home mama you, in prayer or however you have to, whatever, whatever way you do it, you reset the temperature of the household to the temperature that is conducive for both you and your little ones. You are the assessment specialist of your home. I like this one. I, I, I consider myself to be an assessment specialist. So here's what I mean by that. As an assessment specialist, when my children when my children come in from school, right? So every day we wake up, they go out to the, you know, they go out and and do the things. The primary, I homeschool my two youngest ones, but my oldest one is in high school now, so she goes out. She lives her life in school, and when she comes home, I have to assess if she's still the temperature that she was when she left my house, right? And when I say temperature, I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Is she the temperature she was when I sent her out this morning? I have to assess, is she hotter? Is she colder? Is she emotionally frustrated? Is she is she irritated? Is she holding in something that she feels like she can't share with me? I have to assess where she is. And usually I can assess that before, she, before she's even like settled in the house. But sometimes I, I miss it, right? And so we're in the house and I realize the the family is now the family's moving a different way we're acting different the atmosphere or the temperature of peace because that's where i set my thermostat to in my family we are set to peace and so when i come in the house and the and the joy and the peace and the and the the the, the temperature that i set in my home is disrupted now i have to assess who changed the temperature who affected the thermostat in this household was it my son Is he frustrated with something? Is it my daughter? Is she upset with my youngest daughter? Is she upset about something? Is it my oldest daughter? Did she come in? And so once I assess, then I properly assist, right? So let's say it's my oldest daughter and something happened in school. Well, now my job is to figure out what what is ask the proper question to figure out what's going on with her ask her how uh you know check in with her heart and her head we talked last last segment or last episode about doing health checks so i'm checking her heart i'm checking her emotions i'm checking her attitude i'm checking her thoughts like i'm asking the questions to see where her heart and her head is in this situation right and then once i figure out where she is now i recalibrate the house whether it be through prayer whether it be through a dance party, whether we get some snacks, whether we take a walk outside, I have to readjust the thermostat for the family, whatever that looks like so that the family is still, the family can still operate smooth because leaving that kind of thing unchecked emotionally, mentally, spiritually in your children, your children will continue to progress in the area of whatever angst or frustration or whatever they're going through, but the temperature of your household will be permanently changed until you pull that thing back, right? And so I assess not only with my children but also with myself. sometimes um, I have I'll have dreams, right? because God speaks to me a lot through dreams. I don't know why, Um, but I'll have a dream and that dream will be incredibly disturbing. And so I wake up after, after a really disturbing dream, I'll wake up and start praying. And the reason I have to pray is because if I don't, my whole day will be affected by how that dream made me feel when I wake up. And so I'm not only the assessment specialist for the children, I'm the assessment specialist for myself and anyone that I allow into my space or into my household. I'm assessing you all, too, because What are you bringing in something into this household in spirit? Are you bringing in theory? Are you bringing with your words anything into this household that resets the temperature? If you are, I will check and reset that temperature. And then you are on limited visiting hours (laughs) because you cannot come into my house and change the temperature of my house and not get checked about it. That's just not how I roll. Right. And so that's what I mean by assessment specialist. I'm the front runner for my family. That means I do things first. And if you're the first if, if if you're one if you're the first in your family to do a lot of things, then you're probably a generational curse breaker, right? And so I'm the front runner. A lot of the things I go through are first for my family, not just for my family, but my generation and honestly a lot in my bloodline. So I'm hitting a lot of things first. I'm encountering a lot of things first. I'm seeing the first, you know, the the first I was the first one in my family to trust Christ. I was the first one in my family to um to do to to start an entrepreneurship efforts. I was the first one to start a podcast. I was the first one to do a lot of things in my generation, but definitely for my bloodline. And that was because there were things that happened in my family prior to my entering into the earth realm that were literally pulling my, setting my family back. And so I'm the front runner for a lot as, but as a single mama, you are the front runner for the family that you are the leader over. So that means there are things that you are going to encounter first and the wisdom and insight and understanding that you get from those encounters are able to help you better navigate for your children because your children are probably going to come up against similar things in their life as they get older. But because you're the front runner, you saw it first. And so now you have the ability to redirect to instruct to advise to strategize for your children based on what you saw encountering whatever thing you ran into first. You are the first line of defense for your family as well. So that means anything that comes at your family, anything that's coming for your children, it has to go through you first. Now I know you're thinking, that doesn't sound very preser- that doesn't sound like preservation. That doesn't sound like protection. That doesn't sound like loving myself. But here's the thing. Think about when you were a child and a lot of the things that you went through and how hardly or how harshly some of the things were or how much they affected you. If your parents were in position in certain areas, I'm not saying that they weren't, but if in certain things, if your parents were in position, the things wouldn't have hit you as hard as they did because it would have hit your parents first and they would have taken the brunt of that hit you are that for your children there is nothing that is going to come for my children that does not have to tangle with me that it has to tussle with me and your girl like a good fight okay there's nothing that will come to my children that doesn't first have to tussle with me and all and 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 i'm going to whatever situation emotional physical mental whatever that thing is i'm going to fight with it until that thing is weakened enough that my children will only get whiffs of its drama, whiffs of its issue, uh, uh, remnants, tiny remnants of what it would possibly do. Because I am going to, with all that I have, take all of the fight out of that thing so that it does not destroy my babies. That's what I mean by the first line of defense. And then you are the pacemaker for your family. So back to the visionary thing, when God gives the vision and he unpacks that thing for you. As the pacemaker for your family, once you get the strategy so that you know where you're supposed to be at December the 31st, you now set the pace on how you get there. And so for me that looks like I get the vision, I write out what everything that everything that needs to be done and then I set milestones. So by by March I want to do I want this to be accomplished according to the vision that we have. By March we should have this done. By June we should have this done. By September we should have this done. By December the 31st we should be at our goal and if we're not then I have to assess at in the new year what areas did I either fall off on? What did I lack? What resources did I not have? What resources did I not seek out in order to be able to get my family to where they need to be on December the 31st? So this is the end of this segment, right? We're going to take a brief commercial break. And when we do, I'm going to come back and talk about what it takes to effectively lead your family. Recording in five, four, three, two one are you a black mom influencer entrepreneur or content creator who's looking to grow your influence or scale your business what if i told you that there's a group of black mom influencers and business owners that can help you in growing monetizing and finding your voice a group that has a wealth of knowledge and is there for you whenever you need discussions advice or suggestions i want to invite you to become a member of the black mom tent community For just $3 a month, you have access to so much. Black Mom Tent has assembled a group of influencers and entrepreneurs in different niches that cover various areas of interest. These influential women are sharing their experience with hands-on tips and advice in creating engaging content and getting more followers. From post-engagement strategy, to classes on monetizing your account, to even support with building your own community and group, Black Mom Tent is perfect for you. It's time to level up in every way and Black Mom Tent can help you do just that. You can follow Black Mom Tent on Instagram and TikTok and join our Facebook group under the same name. We can't wait for you to join us. And welcome back. So welcome to episode three of the Raising These Babies podcast. I am Kiara, aka Math Mama, and we're talking today about what it takes to be the leader of the household as a single mama that single mamas, is you are the leader of your family and here's everything necessary in order to be the leader of your family we talked about last segment all the hats that you wear as the leader of your family and so now we're going to talk about what do you need to effectively lead your family and so according, this is this is no i'm not like i said i'm not a therapist i'm just literally giving my experience so according to what i have experienced as a single mom leading a family one you need to be healthy in every way that means mentally healthy that means emotionally healthy that means physically healthy so that means taking care of the of the body you have because you only get one taking care of this temple that you have right that means resting well that means eating right that means exercising that means not burning the candle at both ends mamas we're good for that that means going to bed on time and i know a lot of times we're we're trying to redeem the time because we lose a lot of time momming right during the day we're just we're on for the kids primarily Um, and that's why I believe in mommy hours. I talked about this a while ago. I believe in mommy hours. Once the kids go down, they should go down at a decent time so that you can actually maximize your mommy hours. But my mommy hours are two hours at the end of every night. Um, after I put the children to bed. So, but after that, after they're down, um, and when I say down, I mean, not just for, well, for me, this is not everybody's testimony and it doesn't have to be for me. I'm reading and praying until these children are asleep. Like I pray these babies to sleep after they're down then there are two hours of time that belong to me and only me. If I feel like taking phone calls, I will. For the most part, I do not but it's my time to recalibrate. If I want to plan for the next day, I do that. If I want to just sit and have a, a glass of juice, I do that. If I want to take in a movie, whatever I can do in that two hour span of time, I'm going to do that because those are mommy hours and that's how I recharge. So you need that. I, that's how I physically take care of myself. Mentally, I journal, I write, I pray. Spiritually, emotionally, I mean, I do the things like going outside, going for walks, finding a creative outlet. I talked about last episode. If I don't have something, if I if I'm not creating I feel like I'm at a deficit and it's uncomfortable in every single solitary way imaginable do you understand what I'm saying and so if I'm not creating in some way it's like it feels it just feels off I have to create in order to feel mentally clear or fit you know or healthy um so health in every way um creating healthy boundaries I do not take phone calls past a certain time I've said this before and I will continue to say it. Not that I need to say it to anyone in particular. It's just a reminder in case anybody wants to try to maybe hop the fence, right? (laughs) I don't take phone calls after 10 p.m. ever unless you are sick, bleeding, on fire, or in prison, like jail, like they just scooped you up and you in a holding cell. I'm not taking phone calls. You can text me and if if I have the bandwidth, then I'll text you back and we can communicate. But for the most part, I don't take phone calls after 10 p.m. I do not. For me, that keeps my mind and my heart healthy because if I start taking phone calls and let's say someone calls me and it's something uh, you know, emotionally draining or it's something hard or it's something I just don't have the space or the mental space for right now, especially if I've had a hard day, I am not going to get the rest that I need because I did not take my mommy hour time to recharge myself. And so now I'm giving... From what's left in my tank without any replenishment whatsoever, I'm giving it all to you. And then I'm exhausted and I go to sleep. Well, I haven't replenished myself mentally, emotionally. I'm only sleeping and my physical body is resting. But my brain is all over the place while I'm sleeping. So I wake up the next day and I am mentally like, like I'm foggy, I'm fuzzy, I'm I'm lethargic. I'm with all of the things because I did not take the time to charge myself. Single mamas, you have to, to you, like I said, you're the thermostat. So you set the temperature, which means you tell the baby, you tell the babies when they go to bed not the other way around. And you're not mean. Sometimes, you know, as single moms, we feel the mom guilt, right? When we're like trying to lay down the law because we don't want to come off mean. We don't want to seem like we're being mean to them. We want to, you know, we want to be the the kind parent. We want to make sure that they feel loved and appreciated and secure. But laying down the law is not destructive to them. Laying down the ground rules and making them operate within those ground rules is not destructive because guess what? When they go to school, there are rules that they have to operate in and they operate in those rules at at that school. There are rules that they have when they go to their co-parent's house and they operate within those rules. There are rules that they have to face when they go into the real world and they will have to operate within those rules, mama. And so in your house where you pay rent and you buy groceries and you clean and cook and do all of the things... There are rules that you have to set in place and creating boundaries does not only extend to the outside, but your children as well. Here are your boundaries. You cannot come out of your bedroom past this time to do anything unless you are sick or have had a nightmare or anything like that. Your your boundary is 9 p.m. After 9 p.m., you're going to talk to Jesus about it or you're going to be asleep. But you're not going to invade on mommy's replenishment time because I need that time in order to be able to be the mom you need me to be tomorrow morning. And so creating healthy boundaries with everyone, including your children and then set systems in place. Now, this is my personal favorite. I love me a good system. Okay, I have systems in place for everything in my house when we will clean, when the kitchen is closed. Now, here's the thing, though, (laughs) when 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 the kitchen is closed, let me finish my statement and then I can I'll, I'll, I'll go off on my rabbit trail like I like to do. There are systems for everything in my house. I have chore charts, right? And so every room in my house has a chore chart. There's a chore chart for the kitchen. There's a chore chart for the bathroom. There's a chore chart for the bedroom. There's a chore chart for the office. There are charts of chores and what it takes to maintain that particular room. So in the kitchen, there is a chart and it has a list of things necessary to maintain the kitchen to the standard that I've set. In the bedrooms, there's a chart and it has a list of things that keep the the bathroom to the level of cleanliness that i have set in all of these things right and these systems are in place and then and these systems are even broken down into daily cleaning tasks weekly cleaning tasks monthly cleaning tasks quarterly cleaning tasks by um not by annual uh semi-annual or every six months and then annual cleaning tasks right And so those systems have to be set in place and there are alarms on my calendar and on my phone to keep the family on track because as the visionary, I have the blueprint, I have the compass. So here's what it takes to keep this family moving, right? And mama you need those same kind of systems too. Now believe it or not, black mamas be black mamas have systems in place. Remember when you was a kid and once you went to you, you 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 y'all had dinner or whatever the case may be, but once you went into that kitchen and that stove range hood light was on and that rag was hung over the side of the sink, you knew that the kitchen was closed. That's a system. That's a system. It says once this rag is hung over the faucet or over the side of the sink, this kitchen is closed and anything I consume or anything I use, if I don't wash it myself, it needs to be something that does not leave any remnants that I need to be able to eat without a trace. That's a system. And you need those kind of systems in place. So what is it? That, what systems do you have in place for your mental and emotional well-being? What systems do you have in place to keep your house at the standard that it is so that you're not spending all of your days cooking and cleaning up behind your children? What systems do you have in place? Now, that can be a little harder if you're a mom with little littles. But then fold your littles into that system. Give them some level of reward or incentive to be be able to take pride in maintaining their space so that you're not cleaning nonstop all day, every day. At one point, I was washing dishes four times a day in my house. I was washing dishes four times a day and not like two and three dishes. There were a sink full of dishes in my house four times a day. Now, I'm only making three meals. And, and, but there's still like, where's this other, this other pile of dishes coming from? And so I put a system in place about what it looks like. If the sink is clean, when you come into the kitchen, that means I've just washed the dishes. Any dish you use subsequently has to be washed by you until I start the next meal time. And then at a certain time, the kitchen is closed. Do not do anything that's going to, and that means if you make something, you have to clean the dish that you used, all the dishes you used to make that thing, and then take the trash out because the trash has already been taken out. The kitchen is shut down. You understand? And so put those systems in place in order for you to have what you need. But there are other things that I think are also highly important when it comes to being the leader of your household. Now, we talked about running the house and what it takes to run the house. But what about you? What does it take for you personally, single mama, to be the leader? I personally think you need three things so we've talked about everything necessary to be a leader of your household right and all the components you need in place to lead your household but what about you what do you personally need as a leader because leaders need resources to be able to do the things they need to do on the level they need to do them and single mama you are no different there are resources and things you need in place to be able to run your family run your household the way that you need to i believe all of that can be found in community I believe every single mama needs a community. It doesn't have to be a thick community, but you need a group of people around you that can help you, that can infuse you, that can support you, that can encourage you, that can motivate you. You need a community mama. You cannot do this parenting thing on your own by yourself with nothing. It's that's, That's like, you don't run your car without putting gas in it. Your car needs a few things in order to run well. It not only needs gas, it needs a battery. It not only needs gas and a battery, it needs antifreeze. It not only needs gas and a battery and antifreeze, it needs gas, a battery, antifreeze, and windshield fluid. It needs a gas, battery. It needs several things. That's the point, right? A car needs several things in order to drive the people to where they need to be. And you need several things in order to drive your family to where they need to be. And so for me, that's community. And your community, in my experiential opinion, should fall, should, should have three components. You need contemporaries, you need mentees, and you need mentors. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about those three components of community, what that looks like, and how to build that. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon, mamas. Bye recording in five four three two one as a black woman meeting new people can be daunting especially if you are or have been isolated or you live in an area with a small african-american population black women are so nuanced multifaceted layered and just beautifully complex we're mothers daughters sisters friends mentors Leaders and there are still so many other spaces we occupy. You can find our thumbprint in virtually every area of society, and even with all that we do, sometimes finding healthy community can be difficult, especially post-pandemic. The Medikina app is not only oh darn it. The Medikina app is the only free app created for Black women, by Black women, with our interests positioned at center stage. Meet brings Black professionals, moms, entrepreneurs, therapists, fitness authorities, and so much more under one umbrella. By offering a streamlined platform for networking, skill sharing, local events, meetups, and more, you'll find just the right blend of all the things that you love to do. Make sure to download the Meet app today. You can find it on Google Play or in your app store. Okay, and we're back. Welcome to episode three of the Raising These Babies podcast. I'm your host, Kiara, aka Mav Mama, and today we're talking about being the leader in your household as a single mama and what it takes to be the leader of your household as a single mama. So, we've talked about a lot of things, but right now we're going to discuss what it takes to fuel you as the leader of your household right mama and so i said before we went to commercial break i said i really believe that all single mamas need community you cannot do this parenting thing by yourself you cannot do it in a vacuum you can't do it in a silo you can't do it on an island you can't be a lone wolf and do this parenting thing i would not recommend it now the thing i'm not saying you are incapable of it you can do it but i'm telling you that it would behoove you single mama to have community to be able to do single mama life with So I said you need community, and that community needs to be broken down into three parts. You need contemporaries, mentees, and mentors. Now, your contemporaries, right, are mamas who are in the trenches with you. They are the mamas who are parenting while you are parenting. They may have children in your same age bracket. They are in the Thick of it with you. They understand where you are, they can empathize with you. They are great for camaraderie because when you know that there are other mamas going through what you're going through, you don't feel alone or isolated. And that, you know, those feelings of isolation and lack of community that fuels depression. Believe it or not, mamas. And I know y'all don't think so. Some some mamas may not think so. But that being alone, that not having the community, that not having uh people to touch emotionally, you know what I mean, or even hug physically, that kind of thing can lead to a level of depression. And that depression can be, become the driving force in your in your household. And you you don't want that. I mean, if you can avoid it. Now, if it's something chemically or things that you've gone through or traumas that you've gone through, then by all means, seek all of the assistance and the help that you need. Do not do this by yourself. But I feel like having mamas, having camaraderie, having people who you have coffee with, um, so that you're not doing this mom life alone. Listen, y'all can you could even get a bunch of moms together once a week. Y'all go to Chick-fil-A, let the kids lose their mind in a play place, and y'all all sit down and have sweet teas and, and or milkshakes or whatever the case may be. Get get together, go to a park, and get everybody, every mama bring a blanket. Each of you mamas bring a specific snack. One mama bring the juices, one mama bring the chips, one mama bring the cookies, one mama bring the bring the sandwiches or whatever the case may be. And y'all all come together and sit in the park and while the kids play or do whatever. Y'all sit and talk because you need that, especially as single mamas, because more often than not, we're co-parenting and the co-parenting situations aren't always ideal, but you need to be able to have other mamas you can talk about this with. It doesn't have to be a full out bashing bashing session of your co-parents. But you absolutely need other moms that you can be like, girl, I, such and such happened today and I just feel away. Or this happened and I'm just at the end of my rope. And Because there's no way other single moms are going to hear your heart when you're struggling with a situation and not offer something. That's not the way we built. That's just not who we are. So when you are going through things, you need camaraderie. You need contemporaries to be able to walk with you through that thing you need mentees mama believe it or not you need people who you're pouring into and i know you're probably saying i'm already stretched thin i'm already doing everything i'm already doing all of the things however test me on this and prove that i'm wrong there is something that happens when you are pouring in the wisdom that you have amassed into someone else who hasn't been your way before there have been times when I have been tired or exhausted or frustrated or aggravated or agitated or whatever the case may be and then someone will call me right and even though I'm like I don't feel like taking this call in the process of me pouring into them something awakens on the inside of me two things happens honestly One, it takes your mind off of whatever stress you're going through, whatever issue you're having, whatever thing you're facing that is negative or detrimental or just makes you feel away. It takes your mind off of that because your focus is now this person. But the second thing is it reminds you of what you know and the weapons in your arsenal. There's something about pouring into someone that reminds you, I really am that chick. I really do know this. I really have come through a lot. I really do understand it fuels you from the inside without any external... Uh, boosting because you're like oh my gosh when i when i went through this as you're sharing your w- whether you're sharing your testimony or whether you're sharing insight whatever you're sharing with your mentee it's from the wealth of your experiential knowledge and it does something to you it reminds you that you are more powerful than you've given yourself credit for because a lot of times when we're in a stressful situation when we're in uh when we're we're maybe at odds with our co-parent all we can think about is that moment or the things that they've said or the way that that any situation has made you feel and sometimes when we're in the thick of situations it makes us feel like we're inadequate or we're incomplete or maybe we really are damaged goods or maybe we really are we start entertaining all the negative rhetoric that has been fed to us or passed by us or blown by us at any point in time but when you are pouring into someone who is looking to you for levels of wisdom it reminds you that you are better than you realize you are you are more powerful than you've given yourself credit for you have more knowledge than you realize you are more empowered than you have recognized in the past and so you need mentees they do something to fuel or to remind you of where you've come from to remind you of the power that you have to remind you that you really are 100 that chick you understand what i'm saying to you you need mentees mama trust me on this even if those mentees are your children And that i'm gonna briefly touch this and then i'm gonna go into my third thing it's okay to mentor your children there will come a time when they don't want to hear anything from you and we'll talk about what it looks like to look for mentors for your children who are safe who are healthy who operate on the level that you operate on who will be uh beneficial to them and who won't undo everything you have done in terms of the teaching and training and building and growing them right but it's okay to be honest with your children my daughter who's 15, asks me tons of questions, hard questions, y'all. I don't know where she'd be pulling these questions from. I don't know who gave her the insight for these questions. She's brilliant, right? She's really positioned to be one of science's next brilliant, amazing minds. And because she's a scientist, a junior scientist, scientists are curious and curiosity breeds questions, hard and easy. And she asks me all of the hard questions, like, I'd be looking at her like, sis, why do you need this information? Who act like, why? <laughs> but my, I, you can't be afraid to tell your children the truth, especially when you're mentoring them. And so she asks me hard questions and if I feel like they're age appropriate, I'll answer her. If I feel like the information that I have for her or the inf- the question she's asking me is something that she might not be able to mentally or emotionally handle. it's not div- it, Me answering her is not contingent on my comfort level with the question. It's contingent upon how old is she and does she really need this information right now. Now, if she asks me a question that is uncomfortable for me, but it's information that she needs, I, I take a deep breath And a big gulp of water or juice or whatever. And I answered this child's question in an age-appropriate way. One day, hopefully she doesn't get me for this. um, She asked me, Mama, did you feel like, what did she say to me? My daughter asked me this crazy question. She said, Mama, when you lost your virginity, how did you feel? What? What do you mean, little girl? Why are you asking me this? Are you thinking, like, all the thoughts came into my head. And before i spaz out on her and tell her that she doesn't deserve that information because let me tell you something the information you don't give your children someone else will and unfortunately a lot of the world will answer questions for your children according to what they want your children to know for the benefit of themselves and not the education of your child so my so when she asks me when she asks me mama when you lost your virginity did you like it how did you feel why did you lose your virginity who did you lose your virginity? She was, I was like, what are you asking me, child? And why? <laughs> so I said, give me a second, Sid. I need to think through my answer so that I can actually answer this question because you are at the age where this, this is actually an appropriate question. My daughter's 15, which means all her little friends is talking about sex, right? And so you are at the age where they're probably, some of them are contemplating losing their virginity. Y'all are probably having questions about it. A lot of y'all are experimenting with all kinds of things because your parents are working and they can't really pay attention. And so give me a minute to answer this question. And so after about 10 minutes, I came back into my office and she said, mama, do you have an answer? And I said, I do. And I proceeded to answer her question with the information that I knew she needed. It was not a comfortable conversation to have. It forced me to realize, um a lot of things though like the the trauma behind why i ended up giving my virginity away prematurely it caused me to answer questions about why i thought it was necessary to engage in sexual activity at such a young age like, it made me come to grips with a lot of things and that trauma helped me in prayer and in therapy bringing that up helped me in the long run and so don't be afraid to answer the hard questions for your mentees is what i'm trying to say even if that mentee is your baby all right And that's where I am right now, mentoring my 15-year-old. The third thing, now that I'm off that rabbit trail, the third thing you need are mentors. Mama, you need other mamas who have already walked where you are walking. They have navigated the ebbs and flows of single motherhood, and they have come out of the formative years are now in the empty nester stage. Some of them have children that are in college. Some of them have adult children, and they can offer you some perspective. They may even adopt you as an additional child. Um, they can serve as additional parents in in a lot of those instances, which is always a benefit. I have a neighbor who is uh, who has become family to me. I've I've lived where I live for quite a few years, and so she's like a, she's like another aunt to me. Um, and she operates in that capacity in my life. Her daughter is graduating college, so she's in a full empty nester at this point. She got a grown baby. The baby's on her own. She graduated in college. She has her own apartment, own car, all. And so she's the baby's her daughter. I can't even say daughter. This young woman that she raised is now on her own, and she's and and so my. Neighbor, is now experiencing life as an empty nester. But whenever I see her, she pulls me to the side like a niece or a daughter and when we have conversations, we're standing outside for hours before we realize it. Talking, um I really feel like we should go to lunch one day. I think we would do amazing to just just do lunch. We have never done lunch. I'm a, I'm going to fix that. Um but she the wisdom and the insight and the understanding that she pours into me as an older woman who has raised children. Now I have three babies. They are 15 Uh, Six and four. My six-year-old is about to be seven in about two weeks. Maybe ten days. What is this? Yeah, about ten days. uh, Nine days, he'll be seven. But she's been in all. She's had a 15-year-old. She's had a seven-year-old. She's had a four-year-old. And so she can give me insight on all of those stages based on her own experience in having raised a child who is now in her 20s. And so, mamas, you need other mamas who have been where you've been, who are trustworthy and who can give you healthy information. Now, a lot of times, sometimes we feel threatened by that young mamas or, or mamas who, who need mentors. That can feel threatening because when someone is telling you um, insight or understanding on what you could, you should be doing with your, or what you what ideas to be doing with your child, I'll say, it can feel threatening as if someone is telling you how to raise your baby. I promise to you, though, if you can just push your ego a little to the left, because older mamas have wisdom. If sometimes, and sometimes that wisdom is 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 rooted in trauma. Sometimes that wisdom is rooted in circumstances that were that may have been negative. But the same way you can separate the meat from the bones on a chicken wing, you can separate the meat from the bones in in somebody's insight and wisdom. And so, I encourage you to always have some mentors, okay? Like always have someone who has wisdom to pour into you, who has been where you have been, has seen what you have seen and can fuel you. I think the final thing you need, and this is where we, uh, we'll, I'll come to a close after I give this, this statement. The last thing you need though, mama, is flexibility. There is a level of flexibility necessary in order to be a successful leader as a single mama in your family. and that's a, And that flexibility for me has three branches. Flexibility for me means the ability to write the vision in pencil and not pen, right? Because even when you get the vision, I'm not, li- life is not going to be perfect once God gives you the vision. Once you receive the vision or the, or, or, or the, the plan for your family for that year, there's nothing saying that life is not going to throw every monkey wrench imaginable, so you need to be able to write the vision in pencil because there may, there may be times where you have to erase something and change the word or erase something and change the date or erase something and change the trajectory. So it's the ability to write the vision in pencil because you're not perfect and you're not looking for perfection as a mom. You are simply looking for progression and maturity. Progression nor maturity are perfect. They are just always moving. Always moving, always growing, always pushing, but never perfect. And I need you, if if there's any mama listening who has this perfect notion of how things are supposed to go perfectly, I implore you to let that go there may be a control issue there that's a greater issue that you have to deal with but i would implore you to let that go the other thing is the uh, flexibility means the strength and the courage to not see the full vision but still trust the process that dear hearts is a struggle for me because you i'ma say it again it's the strength and the courage to see the full vision to not see sorry the strength and the courage to not see the full vision but still trust that the process means the process has your good in mind Sometimes in prayer, very not very often, God will say, here's what I need you to do. You're going from A to Z, but here is the plan for A to E. And I'm like, wait, Jesus, there, there's several other letters that you are skipping in this situation. He's like, I will give you the insight when you get to D. And I'm like, that's like two months from now. I don't know. I... But if you know that the end result is for your good, don't push too hard at not having specific details in certain things your greater good is ultimately god's goal your maturity is god's goal your benefit your betterment those are the goals of god and so not seeing the whole plan doesn't mean he's going to leave, hang you out to dry he's just not that kind of god but it does mean that you have to trust him in the process and there may there may be a control issue you might need to pray through maybe talk to somebody about Yeah, you know i mean all right cool <laughs> The final part of flexibility is the agility to pivot and not allow fear to be the governing force in your parenting. Uh, The pandemic, if it taught us nothing else, 2020 taught us that the pivot was absolutely necessary and that when it happens, you have to be positioned for it with the least amount of resistance and the shortest response time imaginable and so for me what it looks like is I'm driving down one way it's 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 ultimately the GPS rerouting right so you ever been in a car and you're driving somewhere and then you it estimated your time would be 45 minutes and then you get on especially if you live in Atlanta you get on that 285 and somebody done flipped over a tractor trailer or somebody something done ran across something done happened and now there's an insane amount of traffic and you're like once you, as soon as you are driving up to where the actual accident or incident or the blockage is on 285, it changes your time. You're like, what? And then you have the option. It says, I have found an alternate route for you. It'll add an additional 10 minutes to your trip, but it's an alternate route so that you don't get hemmed up in this particular space. You then have the option of one, accepting the alternate route or two, staying where you are And being frustrated at the fact that you're stuck in this traffic the pivot is the alternate route and a lot of times when we're driving uh when we're bleeding the family sometimes that pivot is frustrating because you want to be at a certain place now if you're if you're trying to move the family as a means of competition with the co-parent i would highly suggest that you stop that because you will you'll end up in the prison of comparison and there's nothing that kills joy faster or more violently than comparison, but when it's time to pivot, do so with no reg- like, and do so with the ultimate understanding that what I'm doing, even if it's delaying my family, it's still moving us. Because, like I said, the goal is progression and maturity. It's not perfection. So, if the plan doesn't unravel perfectly, it doesn't mean that you're failing or are a failure or that your family is not moving in the direction of divine destiny. What it means is that something outside of your influence or your circumstance or your set of circumstances has happened and you now have to pivot or reroute so that you still reach your destination by a different means and that's okay mama that is absolutely positively okay my goal mama is to see you win ultimately we all want to see you win like Tyra Banks says we're rooting for you we're all rooting for you and so spend today knowing that As the leader of your family, there are several things necessary in order to lead your family successfully, but know that you are and will continue to raise these babies successfully. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Raising These Babies. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you got what you needed while we were together. Subscribe to the podcast anywhere podcasts are streamed and follow us on Instagram at the Raising These Babies podcast. If you have any questions you'd like answered during a future episode, slide in my DMs and I'll answer them on the next episode of Raising These Babies. Today was fun. Talk to you later, mama. Have a phenomenal day.